the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. And today we're woo-hoo, celebrating. We are celebrating 100, folks. We look 100 good for 100. Episode. That's what wow. I'm talking about. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. I'm Sally Gentry. And we are so glad that you choose to listen. This is our 100th episode. If you would have asked us back on the first episode, oh my goodness. would we see this day... We would not have had a confident yes. That's a fact. <laughs> I'm probably can by then. It was a, a rocky start, but here we are now, thanks to you guys. Exciting. And boy, do we have an episode for you because we're kind of going Hollywood, right, Jay? Yes, we yeah. are. We talking donation in Hollywood, how one writer is making a difference. And today, rather than our regular mental health break, we're going to talk with everyone here Wait, to share what's what? happening. Do we yeah. know this? No, what? I wasn't filled in. What are we surprise? talking about? <laughs> hey, Thanks, Sally. it's a birthday surprise. Okay. okay, so we need to talk about that. Yeah. In the meantime, <laughs> we want you to share this episode, guys. Our goal, as always, is to save more lives. And we do that by spurring healthy conversations, by educating ourselves, by listening to all of our partners and learning. And we just ask that you share the podcast and share the knowledge. Rate us and subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app, or on our website, thegiftedlife.org. Yeah, on social media, Facebook, The Gifted Life Podcast, Twitter, and Instagram, at Gifted Life Pod. Uh, we try to be as easy as possible to find, guys, because we need you helping us. It's such an important cause. You are part of our team. You, you right there, and we thank you. You guys ready to get going? Yep. I'm a little nervous about Sally's part, but still excited and excited about going to Hollywood. You guys ready? There you yep. go. Here we go. Here on The Gifted Life, we are so excited. We are visiting with Miss Shireen Razak. Uh, If you don't recognize the name, you'll definitely recognize her work. Have you been watching New Amsterdam? Joey, has your wife been watching (laughs) this show? Faithfully. Faithfully. There's some pretty cute peeps on there. Of course. Sally, you? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Of course it's about the content, but uh, then every time I walk in, I see these beautiful guys. It's It's an amazing show. Uh, We are going to focus on one specific episode that Shireen had a lot to do with, and uh, what we thought was so incredible was her tie to donation, right? The Gifted Life podcast, we're talking about spurring those healthy conversations. One person making a difference, Shireen, we're going to say, that's you. We're going to add you to our um, our list here. Um, welcome. Thank you for, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's, um, it's actually a great honor for me to be able to do this. So talk about New Amsterdam. I mean, it's all the buzz. I see it on my Twitter feed and Instagram. Of course, the cute folks from the show people are talking about. But give us your gist of, of what that is. New Amsterdam is all about breaking the rules and fixing the system. So what we try and do with the show is take on important issues about healthcare and important issues out in the world and how it can relate to healthcare and uh, shine a light on a lot of stuff that we as as writers or we as people in the community would love to see changed or improved upon. Nice. Now I want to specifically focus on this episode called The Domino Effect. I mean, just on, on social media, the buzz, like 
you definitely got people talking, got people thinking. And this is a personal episode for you. So give us a little bit about that. And then, um, you know, tell us where that idea came from. Well, actually, back in 1999, my mom was a liver transplant recipient. And it was back before living donors were even a thing. And it was still kind of like the early years, I think, of Unos, if I'm right. My mom uh, had contracted um, what was called hepatitis non-A, non-B before I was born. And it damaged her liver to where her liver slowly degenerated over the course of the next like 20 years or so to where she needed a transplant. And um, when they put her on the list, she was given six months. And the amazing thing, they actually thought it was going to be very difficult to match her because of her body is just like a very small frame. Once, you know, insurance did all their stuff and she was officially on the list, it was only oddly a matter of days before she got an organ. So we didn't even have as a family time to really acknowledge the fact that this was happening. Yeah. Uh, The people at Baylor Medical Center in Dallas were absolutely amazing. I think a lot of the transplant surgeons that were part of that team are still there. And I love them dearly. And all the nurses that were on the kidney liver transplant floor were amazing. And the support that we got from them and from just other transplant families who were also on that floor was just I mean, it was like a new family. That had to be a very scary time, obviously, knowing, you know, me being clinical, I can tell you, basically, there was a bump, a really big jump in donations around that time. You know, it happened around 98, 99, 2000, a big spike. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of that was with CMS and, and different, you know, things that happened with the hospitals uh, that they had to call in every death and you know, we were a lot more focused on donation, but it was still a time where we didn't really know, even in, in the clinical realm, a lot about donation. And I can imagine as a family of someone who's now waiting, you know, how scary that must have been to find out that, oh my goodness, she, she's got six months to live and maybe we, we won't ever have a chance. Well, to, I guess, to my parents' credit, I will say that they didn't tell us that. The doctors told them, but um, they didn't tell the kids that there was only six months. So I was actually grateful to find that out afterwards. So as you tell us this story, I can hear you remembering and I can hear you painting these vivid pictures like you lived this and built upon that um, to hopefully change some hearts out in the community. But um, I think you mentioned when we were prepping for this that your mom's name was Gloria. Yes. Yeah. So Gloria was able to have her life extended because someone said yes. Yes, exactly. I mean, we had another 10 years with her, which were amazing. She got to see all of us graduate from college. She saw two of us get married. Mm. Yeah, it was she wouldn't have had any of that if it hadn't been for this amazing donor family. And so you, this uh, girl going through this, you live it, um, and then you go on to live your your dreams, and then you see this potential to help open folks' eyes about donation on this project, New Amsterdam. Um, So the episode is called The Domino Effect. You're the writer for that. Break down what you wanted um, folks to get from that episode. The biggest thing is that just shining a light on how important donation is. It's truly the gift of life, and it is... I mean, me personally, and I've definitely discussed it with my my husband, is that, you know, if there's no hope for me, then everything goes. Everything's mm-hmm. fair game. Mm-hmm. I just wanted the, sh- the episode to show 
the selflessness that it is. And I mean, with living donors, especially, it's like you're giving a piece of yourself while you're still alive. And it's, it's a big decision, but it's also just an amazing gift that you can give someone. So Shirlene, how did the crew and, and the rest of the staff respond when you uh, brought this topic up? Um, I have an absolutely amazing showrunner. And when, before we even started the writer's room, he said, you know, send us, send me pitches of something that you are passionate about that you want a story that you want to tell. And immediately I sent in, I want to do an organ donation story. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is that we also have a doctor on staff, Dr. David Foster, who's amazing. He sent in that he wanted an organ donation story ah, as well. Meant <laughs> and, to be. And um, our showrunner, David Schulner, he was like, oh, string beat you to it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so a big part of the episode is you mentioned living donation is about living liver chain donation and uh, living lung donation. And, you know, again, I've, I've been in, in the clinical realm for now in, in donation for about 16 years, and I hadn't heard of it, but I had heard of, of course, we've been really pushing kidney pair donation, which is essentially the, the kidney chains. And that's been something that's really taken off over the last, you know, two or three years. And when I first heard about it, I was like, is this really a thing? And then oddly enough, in looking at it, I saw that there was one done in in Japan. So hopefully you're starting something up here in the United States. (laughs) I would love it. Absolutely love it. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about the living chain and and the... uh research behind it too yeah. yeah actually a friend of mine was part of a kidney chain a few years back and it was again it was an amazing thing it, one of his co-workers he lives in i think i think he lives in houston now and his co-worker in los angeles donated a kidney to the chain so that he could get a kidney from the chain and I just, again, it's like when I found out about this, I just thought, what an amazing thing, a coworker, not even a family member, giving this gift of life and without hesitation, without, without any, you know, re- reservation, really. That really inspired me to tell this particular story because living donors are, are breed unto themselves, are, are truly amazing people, so selfless. And so just for those uh, in the audience that don't completely understand it, she mentioned the fact that living donors, how amazing that is, and it is. And a lot of times what happens is you know the person that you're donating to in, in these situations, but in a chain, uh, what happens is the, the person that you would, you know, the person that you've got the connection with, maybe you guys aren't compatible. Uh, so then what happens is it starts the chain of where one person might donate to another person. And that person's in the same situation where they're not compatible. So he donates to a different person and it, it ends up closing the loop to where, you know, every donor has a, a recipient, you know, it's just not necessarily to that particular person that they know. So it's, it's a pretty amazing thing that's happened in donation. That's, that's really saved so many more lives than, than would have been saved. So if you want to watch this episode, you can go on the NBC app and watch new Amsterdam. Episode seven is called the domino effect. So we know that you guys got people talking. We were talking about it. We're in the donation world. Um, did you guys get any feedback, positive or negative, about the show, about donation, about what you guys uh, did with that episode? Um, yes, we did get Donate Life did a, a survey and also did um, a special URL for registrations for donations 
um, with that episode and they got very positive feedback. We're waiting on like we got metrics, but because we don't understand the numbers yet um, (laughs) in terms of like, is this good or is this bad? I can't really speak. I can't speak intelligently about it. But the Donate Life people seem very, very happy with the metrics that they got back. Yeah, so registerme.org is our national registry. So registerme.org slash campaign slash New Amsterdam. So this is pretty clever marketing. So you can go and you can see the the tease to that episode, and then you can actually sign up to be a donor. So I'm expecting we'll see a bump following just what we experienced here in Louisiana, which was pretty neat. So, I mean, this was exciting. I, I love to hear that um, they did this. I know that you guys worked with um, Donate Life America with you know, so I thought that was amazing because we need positive stories. We work with some LSU seniors who help us with donation, and they said, in our research, a lot of what you see on TV tied to donation is not true. So mm-hmm. to have somebody who knows, who's been there, who's walked the walk, helping, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm very, very happy to be doing it. And I'm so excited that the show is reaching so many people and can have a positive effect. All right, Miss Shireen Razak, one person making a difference. <laughs> Pleasure to have you here on The Gifted thank Life. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Here on The Gifted Life, episode 100. Can you guys still believe it? Like, I'm still like, what no. is happening? Uh, we have a bit of Hollywood with us right here on the podcast. Are we excited or what? Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the three minutes I talked to her, Tanaya and I have became really good friends. <laughs> Tanaya Wallace, founder, Donate Life Hollywood. Hey, man. I know. It sounds it sounds fun, doesn't it? <laughs> it it's, does. It's sassy. Yeah, it's sassy. We have like so that. many questions for you, but we appreciate right. you being here. We talk a lot about Um, donation, and how the public perceives what we're putting out. So we try to push positive, and then you go to watch a movie, or you you pick one up, you rent one, and then it's like, oh, donation wasn't, that wasn't right. (laughs) I mean, made for good TV drama, but not accurate, right? And so we all kind of feel deflated um, in the donation world because, you know, we want the facts to get out so people can say yes. So Donate Life Hollywood, what is your focus? What do you do, ma'am? The goal really is to see authentic and positive storylines on television and in film with the goal of inspiring more people to register to be organ, eye, and tissue donors. That's it. And I, I want to be clear about those two words, right? Authentic and positive. And you notice I do not say accurate storyline mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because Hollywood and the entertainment community, they are storytellers and they're not always going to be just right. It's art. But, art, right? Right. I know. I know. And here's the thing. I know not only do we feel deflated after we see a Grey's Anatomy with an inaccurate storyline, we feel outraged and mm-hmm. we yell at the television mm-hmm. set. You know, that we take to social media justice. <laughs> yes, we take to social media. That's right. Um, and Donate Life Hollywood actually started pre-social media where there was a series of research that came out in 2007 by a woman named Dr. Susan Morgan. And what she found is that it's something that we all sort of knew, you know, when we were out there and we were doing tabling events and people would come to us and they'd be, they'd say things like, oh, they're not going to save my life or there's a black market for organs. Um, And we knew they were getting this information from television shows and from movies and they were taking on that kind of dark and scary part 
of organ donation that we just don't see on an everyday level because we see the power and the beauty mm -hmm. of organ donation and transplantation. So what Dr. Morgan did is she did a series of research and she had people who were not registered as organ donors watch television episodes and then she asked them if they were more or less likely to register as donors. And when the television show included myths and misconceptions about donation, people were less likely to register as donors. So this was the first time we had data that yeah. said inaccurate storylines, storylines that perpetuate myths and misconceptions, stop people from registering to be organ donors. And that series of research came out and I don't know, I read it and I got outraged, of course, and I said, we need to do something about this. And so Tom Moan, who is the CEO of One Legacy and David Fleming, the head of Donate Life America said to me, fine, Tanaya, then go do something. And that really was the origin of Donate Life Hollywood. And when was that? That was in 2008 okay. that I did like the first press release taking the information that Dr. Morgan had put together and saying to the world, the donation and transplant community now has an organized campaign with the goal. And you know what? At the time, I actually said for more accurate storylines. But something changed my mind about that word of accuracy. And it was a lesson that I learned in working with Three Rivers. Do you guys remember Three Rivers, mm -hmm. the television mm -hmm. show? It was on CBS yep. for a little while. No, yep. no, not yeah. big fan. Alex O'Loughlin, were you a big fan of Alex O'Loughlin, who's now on Hawaii Five-0? Right. Do you have that mm -hmm. number that, I mean, I can oh. call him and tell him. <laughs> I actually, okay, so funny story <laughs> with Alex. I love Alex. He's the best. But he, a couple of years ago, sent an email to Tom because he, he's Australian. So he was becoming an American citizen, and so he wanted like a letter that said that he had done some good work with us as part of his application to become a citizen. So Tom sent it to me and I wrote this lovely letter about oh. how amazing Alex was. And so, yes, I do have his email address. <laughs> I, we'll I, talk to me and you. Yes, we'll Friends. talk. He's okay. great. So the thing is that, and that, you know, that whole relationship, the relationship with Alex, that relationship with Three Rivers, um, I was sitting at my desk one day and a gentleman who was the creator of the show, who pitched the show and got it bought by CBS, he was a transplant coordinator for a short period of time. And then he went to film school and he wrote this pilot and this pitch. He said to me, I want to make sure that they get it right. I want to make sure that they have a relationship with the donation and transplant community and so can you have a conversation with the woman who's going to be the showrunner or the head writer for Three Rivers? So Carol Barbie, who has done all kinds of things, she and I had coffee in Santa Monica. And I took her all of this research. I basically said, look, if you do not get this right, you're going to kill people. Wow. And I think I scared her. Yeah, <laughs> you did. I think I frightened her just enough for her to realize that this isn't just another medical show. Because here's the thing, that you and I had been watching medical shows for years, yelling at the television, feeling <laughs> deflated, seeing the impact 
of these inaccurate storylines, mm-hmm. these misfilled storylines. Mm-hmm. But here was going to be a television show all about organ donation and transplantation every week. And if this show didn't get it right, we were in real trouble. Mm-hmm. And Carol got it. She really did. She was like, okay. And her mantra became, we will do no harm and we'll help when we can. And so mm-hmm. if you go back and you watch Three Rivers, you will see that they actually try to take on some of these myths and misconceptions and try to clarify the donation and transplant process. And what they allowed me to do was something that no television show ever allows any cause to do, which is to read every script from the first draft and give consultation to every single script. That's great. I know. And then, <laughs> oh my God. Then what happened is Alex was, you know, the main character and he said to Carol, well, I want to get involved with organ donation to help promote organ donation and stuff like that. And so Carol said, oh, talk to Tania. So they brought me onto the Paramount lot. Can I go with you next time? And Alex's lovely (laughs) assistant, who's from New Orleans, by the way. She's from Louisiana. Yes. So we we bonded because I went to Tulane. I don't know if you know that, but I went to Tulane. So we totally bonded. And so she walks me to Alex's trailer and has me sit there to wait for Alex. And I really didn't know who this was because the show hadn't been on yet. And in walked the most beautiful man I have ever seen in my life (laughs) with his Australian accent who's like totally committed to assisting us with organ donation. So I said, well, you could be something like a a star ambassador. He's like, no, I want to be an ambassador, like a real volunteer. I said, well, then you have to go through a training. So he organized a volunteer training on set and invited the cast and crew to come and all get trained as volunteers, as ambassadors for Donate Life and One Life. Well, that's fantastic. I love him. I know. Wow. So um, maybe me, you, and Alex can have a little lunch one time. And I, I have to get back to Alex, you know, and, and I want to talk about what our celebrity engagement is going to be. Because for me, engaging celebrities, you have to have a specific thing for them to do. So here was Alex, super excited to help us. But, you know, the Donate Life community doesn't really work with celebrities at a high level. We don't have a large advertising budget like St. Jude, who would say to Jennifer Aniston, hey, would you be in a series of commercials? Here's where they're going to run and have a real holistic campaign for celebrities. And so for me, I know that we all want to engage celebrities around organ donation. And I do. And I will. I promise I will have a plan. But I also want to make sure that we have something that we're asking them to do, something very specific, and that we have some sort of budget that allows us to utilize and amplify their engagement and their voice and how they're participating with us. So there's a lot of things for Donate Life Hollywood to do, and working with celebrities is definitely one of them. And before I go back to Alex, I want to know that we have a plan and we have kind of the funding and the resources and the commitment of the whole donation community to be engaging celebrities. Nice. We, um, on the podcast, talked to a writer on New Amsterdam, so we were excited to hear kind of how the relationship was built there. We talked to Shireen, yeah. Well, and here's the other thing is that, you know, I joke that people think I have some sort of magic that I can just, like, get get television storylines transformed and all this kind of stuff, but 
you know, that origin story of Three Rivers, how that happened, I was sitting at my desk, someone called me, and I took the call and built the relationship. And the same thing with New Amsterdam. The publicity department at ABC National contacted UNOS, contacted Ann Paschke at UNOS, because that's all television stories know about organ donation is that there's something called UNOS, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the one thing they get right in every episode. We contacted UNOS. So New Amsterdam contacted UNOS and Ann Paschke, because she knows that I'm back with Donate Life Hollywood, she loops me in. And we were able to create a really robust publicity campaign around the New Amsterdam episodes. New Amsterdam allowed us to see the episodes. There were two organ donation episodes, allowed us to see them ahead of time. And then working with, you know, Donate Life America and Donate Life Hollywood, we were able to coordinate the donation community to uh, watch, to tweet, to amplify the message and to create that conversation. And I think it was with Anne in, a, in the call with, with NBC Publicity who said, what would really help us if it is if we could work proactively with your writers and help to do expert consultation while they're writing the episode, not just in the publicity mm-hmm. phase. And that's when they said, why don't you work with Shireen? She'll be your point person. And so that's going to make a huge difference. So, of course, you, you worked you know, heavily with uh, New Amsterdam and, and Three Rivers in the past. So if they're not coming to you, how do you find out about the projects out there uh, in the Hollywood world about donation? Good question. You know, when Donate Life Hollywood first started back in 2008, um, what we were really trying to do was put a tourniquet on this just mass amount of misfilled organ donation and transplant storylines. And so my first focus was if there's a carrot and a stick, it was a stick. And it was to organize the donation and transplant community to write letters and say, you got this right. And it's going to have an impact on the people's perception of donation, as well as their willingness to register as a donor. So every time there was a donation and transplant episode and they got it wrong and there was a myth or there was anything, we wrote letters because it was like the dark ages where we actually wrote letters mm-hmm. to these shows. Um, and what was interesting is a lot of times those letters is, are what created a relationship that then allowed us to have a more proactive approach. The other thing I did was I praised storylines. So for instance, there was a storyline on ER about organ donation. It was pretty good. It wasn't amazing, but it didn't perpetuate any myths and misconceptions. So I sent a Donate Life cookie basket to the writer's room saying, thank you so much for your organ donation storyline. They were getting ready to create the season finale of ER, which was George Clooney's character approaching Susan Sarandon's character to gain consent for organ donation for Susan Sarandon's um, grandson. That was the storyline. And so they contacted us and worked with us proactively on what I will say is the best storyline I've ever seen about approaching a family about donation. And that's because we sent them a cookie basket. And so they called us and then we did an expert consultation. And that expert consultation led to a really powerful, uh, powerful episode. So 
there is a carrot, there's a stick. I also, the other thing I did was I figured out that the way through Hollywood to Hollywood's heart is through an award and that people in Hollywood will show up almost anywhere for anything if you <laughs> say we're awarding. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. So what I started to do was, again, any of those decent storylines about organ donation, I would get them an award, get them into the room, and then we would have donor family members and transplant recipients be the one giving the award. So they would tell their personal story about organ donation and then give the award to the writers. And what, what happened was then these writers would be so overwhelmed by the real life stories of organ donation and transplantation. But then they would invite us into the writer's room, again, proactively for the following season so that we could help in the development of new storylines. There are other ways, you know, just having relationships and people knowing that Donate Like Hollywood is here and accessing the existing relationships that we have. So with different writers, as they moved from one place to another, there was one writer I remember who wrote a CSI storyline that was god-awful, god-awful. <laughs> and so we wrote her all these letters that was like, this is god-awful. And she contacted us and was like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, I didn't mean to do any harm. I just was writing this, you know, misfilled storyline because I didn't know any better. <laughs> so I invited her to um, speak at, we did a film festival, and I invited her to speak. And she said, if everyone hated my storyline, are they going to like throw tomatoes at me? <laughs> and I said, no. What they want to hear, what I want you to communicate is I didn't realize that writing these storylines about the black market and other things were going to have an impact. Once I learned that, then I've changed my way. And so then she went on and wrote for another television show, and she continued to utilize us as a resource. So building those relationships with anyone in any of the writers' rooms, those writers go on and they do other projects. Um, and that's what we were seeing because the, the project, at, so I ran Donate Lake Hollywood from 2008 to 2012. I started with One Legacy in 2002 and then started Donate Life Hollywood in 2008, left One Legacy in 2012. And really, we had sort of stopped seeing these myth-based storylines uh, occurring anywhere. And so we felt like, hey, maybe we, we did it. We stopped the myths and misconceptions about organ donation on television and in film, which was the goal, yep. the first and original goal of Donate Life Hollywood was really just to stop the myths and misconceptions. But what happened was that there have been a lot more new television shows in general and streaming and a whole new world of writers who hadn't heard about Donate Life Hollywood in the past. And One Legacy started to see that occurring last year. And so they contacted me and they said, we'd like to bring back Donate Life Hollywood in a limited capacity to address any of the myths and misconceptions that are occurring. And really with a goal now that is different than what it was in 2008, which is to help proactively place positive organ donation storylines on television shows. So that's sort of a new goal for Donate Life Hollywood in this recreation. Awesome. I mean, that was yeah. a lesson in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. I like it. So I guess the only question we have is that which stars numbers can you um, give to me? So <laughs> yeah. Any, can yeah. you get me yeah. on a show? That's number two. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, what was funny 
is I, I was I had a conversation with this woman, um, Ava, who runs a nonprofit called Ava's Heart here in Los Angeles. And she is a heart recipient. And I had met with her years and years ago. And she reminded me that I actually helped her to get on three rivers, which I had forgotten oh, about. So, there you go. Uh, apparently, so you're you know, saying there's a chance, Denaya. <laughs> me and you. <laughs> I, I, I was having a conversation with somebody about the idea of casting and the fact that I do have some contacts and friends who are casting agents and working with the casting departments, especially on reality-based shows, to get people personally touched by donation to be part of not the negative reality shows, but, but shows that help to tell organ donation storylines. There was a woman who called One Legacy yesterday. And uh, she wanted just a, a presentation to her Rotary Club. But as it turns out, her daughter works on Dr. Phil. So she said, <laughs> so if you want to be on Dr. Phil, I can help you with that, too. Nice. So again, I feel like, you know, <laughs> Donate Like Hollywood, just by being here, being a project that is back and active and has a point person, we're going to be able to harness all of these different opportunities that come our way and create them into opportunities that really achieve the Donate Life goal of getting more people inspired to register as organized and tissue donors. Ah, we love it. Well, we, we have an yeah. idea for you behind the scenes okay. of the Gifted Life podcast. That's what people really want to see. I'm just going to say. We'll set up a camera, reality TV. Like, this is it. Keep it in mind. Do you think that's good for Dr. Phil or she? <laughs> Probably. Well, we have our, our Sally, who's like our Dr. Phil here. So we'll talk to Naya. We'll talk. Okay. But we love, okay. uh, we love what you're doing. We love um, the progress that you're making, the accomplishments, the contacts that you're making. And we can't wait to see what's next. So I anticipate having you back on The Gifted Life, if you will, ma'am. Right. Uh, but Donate Life Hollywood's Tania Wallace here on the Gifted Life Podcast. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Today is the 100th episode Woo! of the Gifted Life Podcast. Yes. You know, generally, we talk about different mental health issues or just things that we think would be of interest for folks. But today, we're not going to do that. Uh-oh. We're because anybody today, nervous? I don't know. We have a really special guest here. Are you talking about me? Like, well, she's, she's always well, here. She's pre- yeah. Well, I know she is. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's why we need mental health folks. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, we have Kelly Ranham. She's Ooh. our CEO. Oh, I said it sounds and familiar, the name. Yeah. yeah. Big dog. And so my question to her is, what made you decide to put this podcast together? Well, according to Troy, he put it together. <laughs> it depends uh, on who you ask because we yeah. all have a say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say <laughs> that um, we were at a AOPA meeting, one of the annual meetings, and there was a presentation from the Mayo Clinic. And they were talking about how they started putting information out over the internet and how it really expanded their uh, services. And actually, it's one of my go-to med sites. Ah, okay. So it triggered a podcast vision and uh, Kirsten make it happen. And so Troy did. And so Troy is the real driving force behind this. Is that what? Absolutely, the brain. He's our I two silent guru, right? So he shakes ah, his head, he writes us notes, but you don't really hear from him. But yeah, a great guy. And 
I'm so glad Kelly's here for the hundredth episode, not the first, right, Jeff? That's right. The yeah. first. Go back to that first episode. That Ooh. first episode <laughs> uh, only took us about six hours to record about twenty minutes of uh, of the actual episode. <laughs> it's a long day. Yeesh, I was driving it's very back shaky. thinking. I'm driving back figuring, okay, there's <laughs> yeah. no way we're gonna last ten. I'll be fired before twenty. <laughs> And here we are. And so we might have bit off more than we can chew. Little bit. Good faith effort, though, man. We gave it an effort. Yeah, but here true. we are, right? Practice that's right. makes perfect. Yeah, or, or, so, Lori. Here, near some. Oh, shoot. She so, said, Lori, hey. Yes, I do have a question for you. So so how is it that you got this? the role of the, the head of this podcast? How did Wait, you do that? I'm the head of the podcast. What? <laughs> I don't think that's yeah. right. But I love it. So well, my we'll my keep background. Keep thinking that, Sally. Good, good job. That's good mental health movement. Uh, job oh right there. my goodness! My background is TV news. I just basically like to talk a lot. I know you. Shocking <laughs> information no, wait, to my wait, friends. Now, now J- Joey's kind of a talker too. Oh, yeah, not, not like not like Lori. <laughs> Different levels. Special talent, right? Uh, so TV background was my news, and I always said if I transitioned out of news. Um, there was one special place that I'd love to land. And through a blessing, I ended up at Lopa. I had to wait out a contract and the lovely Kelly Kirsten waited for me to come on board and best decision of my life. So I, I love it. And they said, you want to be on this podcast? And I said, I'll give it a try. And it's yeah. fun. I get to know you guys. We bond more, but I really learn and take what we talk about here, like from the clinical side, um, from family services and the, and the things that you do, and I go back out in the community. Like, to me, it's amazing. Like, it's an amazing resource. It helps me be more well-rounded. Of course, I constantly focus on the clinical aspects and how we can save more lives from that, you know, standpoint. But being able to uh, have these conversations with so many people who are so powerful within the industry and have such a voice within the industry and outside of the industry, you know, like some of those like Carl Lewis, uh, who, who we've talked to and Jeffrey Marks. So it's amazing to be able to have these conversations with, with people who have such powerful voices and such a big message to, to deliver. Well, awesome. and, and you know, I am basically an introvert and I do what? things. Oh my <laughs> what happened? I don't believe really, it. Were you aware? I do not okay. believe it. I, and you know, I'm really good behind the scenes, but when you all asked me to do this, and I've mentioned this before in another episode, I thought it was just a one-time thing. So I said, well, wait, you're not coming back? Well, I didn't know I was supposed to come back. Well, that was what? How many? That was yeah. three years ago? Yeah. yeah. And now you can't get rid of me. Well, yeah. Sally, they asked me to come once and then never invited me back. <laughs> oh, no. So there you just go, say. Sally. <laughs> well, what can we say about that? Well, you know, it, is, it has really been a pleasure for me to work with you guys because, you know, I've known you, but not really known you. And now, well, you love us. I'm, well, no? yeah. I maybe know more Tolerate than I really us. need to know, <laughs> but, but it's really, I mean, it's fun for me. I mean, of all the things that I have done, I would have never, ever thought this would be yeah. something that I would be involved with. But you know what's really great for me? I like to laugh and, and I know it's a good, healthy thing to do. So when I get here, I'm actually looking forward to it because I know if I've had really yucky sort of week or things didn't work the way I just knew they were going to work, I know when I get here, I'm going to start laughing and I feel so much better about the whole thing. So I really owe you all a debt of gratitude for making my mental health better. 
So there you go. Wow. Yes. She, she did fit that in there. That's what she does. I like that. I think we're a strong team. I think uh, when we set out, we wanted to debunk those myths. We wanted to honor our heroes. We wanted to partner with folks from across the country. And we're doing that. We certainly are. And, and, and you talk about debunking those myths. Uh, as we said earlier on this episode, you know, we talked a lot about those myths and, and the myth busters that are there. Or out there in Hollywood, we talked to uh, Tanaya, of course, and, and all the, the things that she does. And we have to do that here on an everyday basis, you know, in, within Lopa and, and out there in the communities. And this is such a good vehicle, you know, to be able to reach so many uh, that we wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Oh, absolutely. So, Kelly, we've had a hundred. Ep- Can I call you, Kelly? Yeah, yes. Kelly. So, <laughs> we've had a hundred episodes. We we hope you keep us on for at least the next hundred. Um, but we hear from <laughs> professors, and if it's nursing students, like we want them to listen so they get a better understanding about donation. And we have folks who are using it as a, a teaching tool. Um, but they talk to us because they they hear our voices. What what do you hear? And are you proud of of this podcast? Extremely proud of the podcast. I I don't know that I envisioned that it would grow as much as it has that people within our industry are using it for educational opportunities, uh, that other countries are using it as an educational opportunity to learn more, uh, to help them develop programs. And I think it's everything that I wanted to happen and more. And I hope it's more than 100 episodes. Sorry, Troy, I couldn't give you your helipad, but I gave you a podcast. <laughs> well, within the next 100, maybe. Maybe. And, um, so we just had one more question since you were here. Um, your favorite podcast person <laughs> would be uh, Troy. Oh, that's my vote, too. So that's a good one. <laughs> Troy and- makes us all sound great. Uh, shout out to Kirsten as well and Shalon. Right. Uh, a lot of hours are put into the podcast. Um, so we come in here, we get to have fun, we get to learn. It's not work. Um, mm-hmm. It's really a, a family here. So Kelly, we know that this podcast, like this is your baby, right? And then now you have your baby working on your baby, right? So <laughs> to talk about uh, this intern, has the same last name as you, cute like you. Yeah, no, yeah, she's no. beautiful. I don't know if I ever <laughs> fell in that category. So um, my daughter, Rebecca, she's very interested in... Um, broadcasting, media, editing, video, audio, and Troy was kind enough to work with her. And so she's done the last four podcasts uh, to edit and help get rid of Joey's ums, as those. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you can get rid of that, Rebecca. <laughs> and, uh, so <laughs> just kidding. And it's been a great learning experience for her. I think it's it's been eye-opening because... I looked over at her one day and she's crying and it was one of the first podcasts that she worked on and she was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize the impact that you all have and how far reaching and the stories are sad, but yet they're beautiful. And so that's what I wanted from this was to have that outreach and to know that, even though it's my daughter, um, to see that a 16-year-old had that kind of feeling about it and that impact from it and and that's what I had hoped this would accomplish, yeah. and it has. And that's our uh, one of our target audiences, those people who are going out there getting those licenses, and hopefully they'll say yes to donations. So and they're invincible. Yeah, right, right. Well, thank you, Rebecca, because I know you hear us in your ear lots, <laughs> and you're like, oh, gosh, quiet, Lori, you talk a lot. I do realize I talk a lot. We learned that today. That's one of the other things I learned from the podcast, Al. 
Yeah. Really? She's diagnosing us as we talk. I'm, sure I'm husband, just watching the non I'm sure your husband work. knows you've been knowing that for a long time. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> true, true. Well, awesome. Well, here's to 100. Everybody raise yes. your water. Water. Thanks for joining Cheers. us, Kelly. More to come here on The Gifted Life. As we have done on every episode, we honor a hero. That hero today is Caden Caruso. We learn about Caden from his family. My beautiful son was so full of life. He loved his mama, playing with his trucks and his handy Manny toolbox. He was and still is my whole world. He was given his angel wings in April of 2010 at the age of 16 months old due to a brain aneurysm. My life has never been the same since. Although his passing was so tragic, he gave the ultimate gift, the gift of life. He is our hero and lives on in us and so many others. It gives me comfort knowing he saved and improved the quality of life for so many. I will forever carry you in my heart, my precious child. I love you until we meet again. And now we pause and say thank you to Caden for the gift of life. segment today from the Hollywood World guys. In the movie Seven Pounds, a blind man is given sight through transplant. His eyes change color to the color of the donor's eyes. My question, do your eyes change color following a cornea transplant? This is something that we've tackled in in previous episodes speaking about uh, corneal transplant. And unfortunately, Hollywood doesn't always get it right. Right. Uh, and clearly, they didn't talk to Tanaya. But in reality, it doesn't. You know, the cornea is clear. It's an, the outer layer that's uh, just a clear piece. I mean, obviously, you can change your color of your eyesight by putting contacts and things Colored like contacts, that. contacts, you got it. But uh, no, not from a transplant. Yeah. And, you know, I'm out in the community and we talk to community groups who have seen this movie that comes up a lot. And so I say, you know, it makes for good drama, it makes yeah. for good TV. It's yes. just not factually, you know, correct. Um, so great question, guys. And we really appreciate you sending us your questions. It really gives a lot of good information for those folks who are wondering about the same thing. So we would like to hear from you. Reach out to us. Uh, you can find us on social media, email us, or even call us. You can leave a voicemail. Your story or question is important, and that email address is info at thegiftedlife.org, or you can give us a call, 504-648-3477. We look forward to hearing from you. And that's a wrap, folks, for episode 100 of the Gifted Life podcast. Can you believe? Hands. I know. Oh, Crazy. I know. Who would have thunk it? But here we are on to the next 100. We want to give special thanks to Tanaya Wallace of Donate Life Hollywood and all the hard work that she does, of course, uh, with those stars there in Hollywood. Tanaya, if you're listening, I need that number <laughs> yes. of that actor. Please get we talked about the Thank number. <laughs> and, uh, and also to uh, Shireen uh, Razak. The uh, writer from my wife's favorite show, oh. uh, New Amsterdam, for all the good work that they're doing there in, in highlighting donation. And we also want all of our listeners, more particularly our donor families, to know how much we appreciate them. We hope that some of this information has been very, very good for you to hear. 
and that this is why we do what we're doing. So happy 100th. Yeah, honoring heroes, celebrating life, making life happen. It's a team effort, guys, and we see that each and every day. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our team. And go out today and do something that you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen. We appreciate you. Talk to you next time. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Sally Gentry. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. 